This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk, and financial solutions. Bundy's called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stubborn as bulls and talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Hi, I'm Chris Judd and you're watching Talk Your Book and today we're very fortunate to welcome back our repeat guest, June Bay Lou from Tribeca Investment Partners. June Bay, thanks very much for coming back on the show. Well, Chris, thank you so much for having me. Now, what stock did you want to talk uh, about today? Look, today I want to talk about A2 Milk, um, a name what probably most people have heard of. Um, and uh, to us, this at this point, the company represents a um, significant amount of return opportunity for investors. Yeah, well, you're right. A lot of consumers will have be familiar with the A2 Milk brand, but maybe from you know the, the 10,000 foot view, Give us a, uh, an oversight of, of what different business units A2 Milk have and, and perhaps which geographies they operate in. Of course. Look, A2 Milk, um, it's, uh, it first started um, a few decades ago, essentially uh, creating a um, sell the milk with the A2 special A2 protein. Um, so that really helps with, uh, they found, the study have found, the help with people who's lactose intolerant. Um, so the A2 milk was first started in New Zealand and then in Australia. Uh, it took off in the marketplace because, um, you know, consumer really like that product. Um, so uh, they were in the initially in the liquid milk space and then they moved into the infant formula space. And that's, you know, which took off very quickly within the, um, the, the Australia and New Zealand market. And then the company have started branching out into the US and, uh, and, and as you all know, that the Asian consumer uh, has um, you know, discovered this infant formula brand as well. Um, and it has since resonated with the, um, you know, the, consu uh, the consumer in Asia, particularly in China. Um, so for this business, the biggest part of the, um, you know, of the earnings come from Australia, New Zealand, um, and Australia being the largest market. Um, and China, once upon a time, has been the Quite a large market, um, and I'll come to it. At the moment, it's represent much smaller uh, component of it. And US is mainly the more liquid milk space. Um, and more recently, actually, they have a, a held a temporary license to produce um, some of the infant formula due to their um, infant formula disruption uh, because Abbott's had a bit of a recall, um, and A2 was one of the producers that were selected to produce uh, to meet the short term demand. Now, coming back to, um, you know, to the uh, growth in white and the Chinese market. Now, uh, for, uh, for uh, A2, uh, this business, um, you know, it's infant formula product was, um, uh, was discovered by Chinese consumer many, many years ago. And it was such a hit. Um, and it went through the roof in terms of sales. Um, and the Chinese consumer really, really, um, you know, uh, really want to buy this product. And it was quite difficult to get to. So they managed to, uh, as A2, they built their distribution into China. They created the China label product. Um, they sell through um, the Daigo channel, which is, you know, a lot of traveler from China to Australia and buy some of those um, uh, infant formula and ship it back to China. So many distribution were built over the last decade. And, um, and then, you know, we have seen the maturity of those distribution channels. And the company is going from strength to strength in terms of Taking the share in the domestic in China domestic market. Now the company's earning was um, did get hurt uh, when um, you know the lockdown hard lockdown took place in China, um, and then there was um, you know there was a lot of 
uh, pull forward in inventory buying and then consumer was destocking. So there was a lot of, lot of disruption to earnings. Um, so the Chinese earnings really have fallen uh, during that period. Plus there was no visitors coming to Australia. Um, and the, so the Daigo channel essentially evaporated. So long story short, the company's earnings now on a very good trajectory to really capture uh, the growth in the reopening in China with their borders now opening, with the travelers coming through, with the shops open, uh, with the consumer willing to spend. Um, at the same time, um, you know, there's growth opportunity coming through um, the, the U.S. As, as well as the continued uh, strength in the Australian business. When you look a few years down the, the path of sort of broker forecasts for A2M, they've, they've got the Australian New Zealand business particularly starting to drop off as China scales up. Is that sort of, do you see that as market conditions or is that the deliberate strategy of A2Milk to really double down on the opportunity over there in China? Look, they certainly have invested a lot of, um, have a lot of investment into China. But Australia, I think brokers tend to be a little bit more conservative with the mature market. So, you know, because they have dominated share uh, within Australia and New Zealand. So there is expectation that they will um, sort of grow at maturity, which is sort of, you know, status quo plus a bit of a pricing environment. Um, and um, now China is going to be a key growth space for this company. Um, you know, it's, um, I guess one of the key thing is that not many Australian company has done well and consistently done well, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, execution into the Chinese market, because it's very competitive, it's a very expensive market, uh, and many of the competitors have gone and failed. Now, A2 has been different. Um, it certainly seems like they continue to grow share in the Australian, uh, in the Chinese market, uh, even during the tough times. Not only they grow share in the top tier, uh, tier one uh, city, even tier two, tier three, we're seeing good penetration into it. So that simply means the brand is now well known in the Chinese market, and that represents a lot of opportunity. So you know, it's well, um, you know, it's act absolutely right for the management to be really increasing investment into that space. Um, and, um, and then we, we, we should see the increase, the return um, from that market. And uh, it was a few years ago where Treasury Wine ran into challenges with their Chinese exports. And we know that some of the Australian coal producers uh, had some challenges there a couple of years back. Do you think those issues around potential sanctions on Australian products with China, do you think that risk is potentially been reduced? And also, do you think by the nature of what this product is, e.g., you know, particularly infant formula, it's a product that is less likely to, to run into those sorts of issues? I do think so. Um, I think, you know, if you talk about, um, well, actually, there's a two level to that question. First, first of all, in terms of trade relationship with uh, uh, between China and Australia, certainly seems like it's thawing. Um, and now we're seeing, um, you know, we, uh, China's Start allowing a few products already through. There's barley. There's uh, um, there's coal. Um, certainly, there's um, you know positive news coming through. Um, and the Australian wine potentially the tariff might be reduced or removed is all very very positive news. So we do think that a bulk of that um, tension in terms of relation trade relationship has passed. Now we are going to a more smoother period. Now put that aside. Um, infant formula is quite different. You know, when China look at uh, imposing the tariff, um, you know, it's really wanting to do things on a few um, more signature, um, you know, product that represent Australia. So, you know, the likes of coal and the likes of uh, uh, the likes of, you know, wine, because wine has been 
has had incredible growth in the last two, three decades, really, into the Chinese market. And Penfold, you know, it's almost, um, uh, you know, it's uh, Penfold or Grange, um, it's, you know, it almost just represents Australia in China. Um, and uh, so that was almost a little bit of uh, picking the most important product or most uh, significant product, um, really just to, um, you know, to, to, uh, to demonstrate um, the conflict, really. Um, so, you know, we think the infant formula is a bit different. It's a little bit under the radar. Um, you, A2 is essentially actually is a New Zealand um, sort of uh, business, a New Zealand business. Um, it's milk bulk that come from New Zealand. Um, so, you know, whether it's fully Australia, it's a little bit different. Um, also at the same time, because it's for, um, you know, for babies. And as you know, once the babies start using certain infant formula, uh, mothers don't really like to change them. Um, um, and particularly the Chinese mothers. So, um, you know, it's something that doesn't really, um, uh, it doesn't really stand, stand out too much in the spotlight as you like. And in terms of recent acquisition in the space, Kieran's purchase of Blackmore's, which was done a really chunky multiple, when you see that sort of a transaction go through, does that give you confidence that a business like A2M could be on the radar of, of larger acquirers at some stage? Oh, look, absolutely. Um, look, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, A2 is uh, imp represent incredible value at this stage. It's still got close to $900 million sitting on the balance sheet. That is very unusual for a listed company. Um, so if you adjust it for that, you take out the cash valuation, this company is trading on close to less than 20 times earnings um, uh, on 2024, and it will grow um, something like 30%, um, and then, uh, uh, and then uh, in the low 20s, and then in the teens, four going forward. So, you know, this company has such high growth with very, very strong balance sheet. Um, and, um, you know, and uh, uh, and then, you know, it's a sort of experiencing some of the short term earnings volatility. Um, it just really surprised me the share price is not higher. Um, you know, I think at this point, investors just sort of um, haven't really um, stepped back in and pay attention to it. Um, you know, my view is that it's not going to stay here or stay cheap for very long. We've seen the same thing before with the likes of Treasury um, and the likes of other branded businesses. Um, they just don't stay cheap for very long, particularly balance sheet is so strong. And you mentioned that balance sheet strength. What sort of capital management initiatives could you see them, them doing or could you see them perhaps looking at smaller bolt-on acquisition opportunities? Yeah, look, I do think it's possible. So, you know, A2 have always talked about, you know, they are a growth company. They're looking to grow. Um, you know, it's if one day they started buying back their shares, the problem is that, you know, growth um, uh, opportunity is, uh, is lacking. Um, they always look to buy, uh, vertically integrate their own businesses. So they've got a stake in Sinlay, uh, which is a producer of their, um, their product um, and uh, to, you know, seem to vertically integrate. Um, and they always look at potential for, you know, know, Bolton, maybe potentially even other vertical extensions of that brand. So, you know, it's great to have cash on the balance sheet, uh, particularly in today's world where, you know, capital is expensive to come by. Um, over the next 12 months, you will see a lot of ASX 200 companies or 300 companies to come out and raise money at a, you know, big discount, uh, whereas this company is already well capitalized and just waiting for the opportunity to present. And you mentioned Sinlate, who are A2M's biggest supplier, I believe. I reckon there's been a bit of confusion in the market around Sinlate's forecast for their growth and, and how that translates into A2M's uh, forecasted growth. How have you sort of measured up some of the confusion between those two different data points in the market? 
Sure. Um, so A2, even though A2 is a big customer for Sinle, but there is a lot of other customers as well. So for Sinle, so that's number one. And second, um, you know, A2, we find um, because of management quality, they tend to tell us a little bit earlier about what's happening. So, um, you know, we actually heard from A2 uh, in February about, you know, the volume is potentially a little bit weaker. It's, um, you know, because the Chinese label is growing really well, but the English label is a little bit slow because of the uh, traveler have yet to return to Australia. So the Daiko channel is a little bit slow, um, but, um, you know, it really just missed the uh, expectation by a couple of percent. So, um, and then a few months down the track, we heard it from Sinle. So, you know, my view is that, um, uh, you know, A2 is a very strong operator and then they've been very transparent in terms of the performance of the business. Um, and, um, you know, uh, and uh, given they are in a much stronger position in terms of um, you know, compared when compared to their supplier, we do think they have the, um, you know, they have the a bulk of the power in terms of, you know, demanding better, um, you know, better, better pricing and the like. So, um, yeah, so for me, it's, um, it's not a straight read through. People tend to do that. And that does provide a pretty good buying opportunity. And you touched on the numbers before, but maybe just to spell it out for us all one more time, if you can just give us the, the overview, their, their PE, um, what sort of uh, what sort of their market cap and, and what their top line growth numbers you could see them doing in the next year? Yeah, so let me just get to market. Market cap is just under four billion dollars. Um, so uh, it's listed on both um, you know Australia and New Zealand stock exchange. Uh, the P, if you adjust for the cash, which at the moment net cash just under nine hundred million dollars, um, and um, uh, if you adjust that, uh, the company trading on twenty one times earnings next year. It's expected to grow thirty percent, um, and bulk of it is due to just recovery in uh, the Daigo Channel um, and uh, China reopening uh, and um yeah, and uh, to me, that is incredibly cheap. I just want to also provide some comparison. It is a very defensive, as you know, that is sitting in a consumer staple place. This compare with the likes of Woolworth trading on 26, 27 times earnings next year uh, and will deliver growth of uh, between zero and 5% or compared to the likes of Coles, which is around 22 times and deliver growth, um, you know, around that zero, um, sort of zero percent um, or even compared to the likes of Endeavor, um, you know, that is still trading at above 20 times um, with, uh, you know, um, almost flat sort of growth. So, you know, put that all together in, in, in perspective, uh, A2 is, um, you know, very attractively valued. It's a compelling story and explained incredibly clearly again. So Junbei, thanks very much for, for coming back on Talk Your Book. Thank you very much for having me. Go buy A2 today. <laughs> This episode of Talk Your Book was proudly brought to you by Honan, who go beyond a transactional insurance broker to deliver better outcomes for their clients. If you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest.